content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. Listeners to WTF You're Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. And I'm Decca. And we're here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? It's true. So here's how it works. We've got six categories of topics, and the next episode's contents will be determined by the role of a die. The categories are true crime, paranormal, history and education, science and technology, entertainment, and current events. We use an eight-sided die, so if you roll a one, then you're going to roll a six-sided die for those same six categories. But it has to be local, so Idaho, any state bordering Idaho. And then if you roll an eight, that's a wild, and you get to talk about where the hell you want to. Woo! And that's my story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I tend to get a lot of those. And Special you tend things. to get really upset about it. You're like, I just want paranormal! No. And then I'm stuck getting fucking current events all the time. Ne- you'll never get it. There's no current ghosts. Ghosts are all from the past. Unless it's like, um, what's that one Native American... Uh, entity where it's like if you believe in it enough that entity comes into existence do you remember did you ever watch supernatural yes was it was that the the um the wendigo not a wendigo no no because wendigos are like when you eat human flesh the um the skinwalker not a skinwalker no um let's see super by thomas jefferson (laughs) 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 native america there we go we're on our way it, i'll find it at some point what really freaked me out though was this they discovered Sula's secret which was that she would rub her stomach to fill the baskets with corn she would just rub it yeah 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 you said rub i thought you said rip that's a very different (laughs) good old stomach ripping the thunder boy (laughs) two thunder boys (laughs) anyways where were we at uh we oh supernatural and current events and i talked about believing things into existence yeah that's that was Ah. like yep we just told the people who we were that's all i remember (laughs) (laughs) i made you black out (laughs) so this is a great show if you want to just have some memory loss what what huh (laughs) oh no what's (laughs) happened again (laughs) Well, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so, sorry, I'm going to get really personal with you guys here. Because this is, this is going to be a very intimate episode. Don't pull um, out the smooth jazz voice. What's wrong with my smooth jazz voice? You know, everything is wrong with your smooth jazz voice. I think they'll like it. I do not. Oh, oh no. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is hard. Anyways. um, What's hard? So, me? What? Huh? Oh no! Who? Censored! Huh? No, God! <laughs> they cut it out! Okay. NSA um, is like, what? Oh my God, he's hard. Um, <laughs> I'm hearing. Hey! Ew, you got me. Um, God, this show, this show just immediately falls apart. Like, all right, structure and abandon it. That's the first I mean, one. the structure is to start and then. This show is like. Go. This show is like if, like, if you were a GM for a game, you make plans. And then all of a sudden, 80% of it turns into bullshit, and the 20% is what you planned. <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's an allegory for life. Um, but yeah, so I, have, I got history and education. 
Or so I remember. God help me I, if I'm I'm wrong. pretty sure you did. I'm pretty sure I did, too. I mean, we can consult the calendar really fast. Calendar. Calendar! Look, you did. Oh, sweet. Uh, and I had entertainment. Cool, Woo! I researched the thing I'm actually supposed to talk That's about. That's great. So, um, it's actually funny that I said that name. Calendar! Because it actually was <laughs> during that show. So, um, right, I have a history and education. What we're, uh, we were watching uh, Agretzko, which is an amazing, amazing show. It's a Netflix original. Yes. So, if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. I'll say nothing further in case one of these days one of us decides to talk about it. Um, but there was, in one of the episodes, there was, so, so in like the second season, right, stuff starts to happen and there's a lot, a lot of people want to just end up dating, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, huh, this is interesting. I'm curious as to how this started. And thus, I'm going to be talking about the history of speed dating. Oh, no! Yeah! So, <laughs> I really saw it. I was like, huh, I know nothing, literally nothing about that. Let's find out some more information about it. always seemed just like such a terrifying uh, situation. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's definitely... I it's, have enough anxiety just, like, meeting new people, but meeting that many new people in a rapid-fire succession, I might as well just die. <laughs> well, here's the nice thing about it, right, is it has a lot... Everything has pros and cons, right? If you mm-hmm. if you try to do, like, the organic way of, like, going out and going meeting people, you never know who you're going to meet or, like, necessarily if you're going to be in a safe environment, right? Like, if you're, like, at bars and stuff, and you might be able to, like, pick up on the social cues where someone's flirting on you, but you don't really know anything about them, whereas in uh, speed dating, you get at least people have to register, right? Mm-hmm. And so you kind of get just to like make sure like people are safe, right? Fill out profile and stuff and you can kind of figure out like what's your um, age dynamic and stuff and you can kind of control that and thus you can make sure that everyone that's going there all have the same intentions within a safe place. And Taking by safe, I mean... Home to axe murder. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're, you know, suave enough, which we all know serial killers typically are fairly suave. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least a certain gist of them. The but gist yeah. of a serial killer. Well, I mean, some serial killers, they just go out and just go kill. I mean, yeah. But it's just the phrase. Like, it's a Turner phrase. Right, like, um, like uh, you know, the um, oh my gosh. the Beltway sniper mm-hmm. wasn't seducing people on the streets. So. Well, he didn't try hard enough. He did not. No. <laughs> I know. He'll never have his compound. But, um, yeah, so speed dating here. Um, for those of you that don't know what speed dating is... And you only it's know the life very of, quickly. It's you only know the life of Tinder. <laughs> Speed dating is a slower version of Tinder. I don't even know the life of Tinder. Yeah. Well, Tinder is like you can swipe right or left pretty much almost instantaneously. You get a profile, but of course they pick out all the stuff they want to say on there, mm-hmm. and you swipe right or left, and then you immediately find out if you match or not. Speed dating is not that way because speed dating typically takes between three to five minutes per possible um, participant that you interact with. Um, normally the girls sit down in the seats and the men are the ones walking around, um, which I think is not fair at all. I think we should have our chance to sit down every once in a while. <laughs> I'll get to why that is actually in a little bit. Um, but so like the actual definition though is speeding is a matchmaking process where the participant meets a large number of individuals, each for a brief period of time where the purpose is to find a potential partner, right? Typically. I mean, you could just be meeting up just a shag. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just said shag, which just dated me. That is <laughs> that aged me so further. fantastically British. I love it. <laughs> so uh, the history of it is in uh, 1998. Let me just move this over here so that way I can make sure I'm not paranoid and that we don't lose everything and I die. Stop it. Get over here. Okay. Um, it was created in 1998 by Anthony uh, Balinzon. 
because it's German and I said that horribly. But um, he was a uh, LATV executive producer for game shows. Mm-hmm. Right? And he was trying to find uh, someone to marry. And he was Jewish and he was looking for someone else of Jewish you know, descent and belief system, mm-hmm. like whether you're Orthodox or whatever Jew, Jew you may be. Um, whatever flavor and, of Judaism. Right, yeah, what flavor am I looking for today? Um, and he talked with his rabbi, which is, and I'm going to say this wrong, Yaakov Deo. Yeah, We sure. say Deo. That looks fine to me. Right? Um, <laughs> and he encouraged him to find a new way to meet up with girls. And so since he's a game show guy, he was thinking of... Um, how, how do I, how do I get these ladies to be excited to meet up with a potential, um, partner, right? And how can you, it, you know, basically it's like, well, how do I not have it not just be me? Because it's gonna be really freaky if I just all of a sudden have like a whole bunch of ladies. Come, oh my God. Know, right. I mean, like, that sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. Or like they come up like with me, like looking for like, you know, money and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, of course they're gonna be in love with me and stuff. So, um, uh, the first event took place at Pete's Cafe cafe or i guess it's actually called pete's coffee but in the articles i found they said pete's cafe pete's coffee and that's like a chain like starbucks yeah i was gonna say i feel like i've heard of that i yeah. think i've seen it in like oregon it started or washington in, yeah it started in beverly hills um at least when i say started i'm talking about the speed dating not mm-hmm. the actual cafe itself mm-hmm. right and so his uh rabbi brought along a gragger do you know what a gragger is no Okay, do you know of Purim? What? Okay. Uh, Purim is a holiday that's celebrated um, during the... Uh, oh my gosh. Um, it's the saving of the Jewish people from uh, Haman. Uh, yeah, by Book of Esther. Because I remember because Esther was a, such a badass. And she saved the people of uh, uh, from Haman. Right? So... Uh, he was planning to kill the Jews, and she was like, uh, I mean, I have none of that. And Which just goes to show you, women have just always been badass. So if you're like a stupid person, say, from our second episode here who believes women can't be badass, they're fucking wrong. Um, but it's this device here. So let's go here. If I exit out of it. Boop. This thing. Oh, so you I've spin it around those, yeah. and it makes that kind of like gyrating noise. Yeah, yeah. So what it looks like is it has like a um, like a cylindrical. You see rod. those at like mitzvahs and uh, yeah. weddings and such. And it has it kind of looks like a flag, but in the middle there's a cogwheel of the of uh, the um, cylinder that you're holding, not cylinder uh, rod that you're kind of holding, and the middle piece of that flag shape has a little wooden stick. So as it goes along the cogwheels, it kind of makes like a flap, 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 flap. Think of like uh, putting a card next to yeah. a bicycle wheel. Well, they they make those kinds of things. Um, that you can just get like at Zerkers or wherever for like children's parties. Right. So he brought that, and that was a way to symbolize when time was up. Oh, I was like, is, is that what shows that you're like looking yeah. for someone? You just oh! walk around waving one of those. <laughs> just it's just all. Wait noise. until you see someone else who's also doing that, and be like, hey, let's talk. And then you just start hitting them together, and that. Ah, uh, no. And that's how you break your toys. Um. Yeah, so he brought that noisemaker, and he used that to uh, basically tell the men when to move along to the next lady that was sitting down. So the ladies were all sitting down, and the men would make their ways around the table until everyone had met with each other. They'd have these forms that would help them spark conversations. So if you remember in Negretzko, mm-hmm. right, that episode, it had like the, how much money they made, which, by the way, 
all of us are probably millionaires <laughs> in yen, which kind of makes me feel good. I'm like, yeah, I'm a millionaire in yen. Um, well, then he was talking about that one guy who was like, only 7,500 yen or whatever. And at least he's honest. And I was like, that still sounds like more than I make. It's not, but... Yeah, no, because what was it? 7,500 yen is like maybe 10k. No, it's not even 10k. It's like 7 grand. So, something like that. And I was like, that sounds like more than I make. It's not, but I, it makes, makes me feel bad. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, so they all walk around. They all look at forms. The nice thing about these forms is they're kind of like ways to break the ice, in a sense. It's where, um, like, if you don't know what to talk about, like, you can see hobbies. Now, of course, you don't want to ask what someone's hobbies are because you already have that on your freaking form. So learn from Agretzel's mistake. Don't just be like, what do you like to do outside of work? Uh, my hobbies aren't on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it becomes this, well, what are you going to talk about? Nothing. Right. Well, like maybe you can ask like like what got you into those hobbies, right? Or um, you know, then you can ask crazy things because what was it? Uh, Gory asked. She went that straight one. into like, how many kids do you want to have? When should we? When is our wedding? Or like, what day do you want to get married on? Yeah. How many garages do you want? I don't remember yeah, what she said, but it was like stuff. she went straight for it. Right. Or you could do like you know, fuck, Mary kill, right? Yeah. You could like run into that and then like just. I mean, that's a fun icebreaker right there. Like you can just. Because unless it? it's uh, like kill everyone, because Jules had that question asked at one of her, the interviews that she went to. Mm-hmm. It asked her like, "Yeah, you know, the Avengers, who would you fuck, marry, and kill?" And I was like, "That's a fun interview question. What kind of people that, are these?" That doesn't seem very professional. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Um, but uh, let's see. Where was I? Upstairs. Um, oh, thank you. In the chair. Uh, yeah, so they did it for 10 minutes, which is a long-ass time. Like, think about meeting someone brand new and having nothing to really go off of and having to talk to them. <laughs> Face-to-face. For 10 minutes and try to find out if you're a potential match to, like, you know. <laughs> Do I want to spend the rest of my life with you? Let's see. Let's see. Hmm. Well, now we're going to stare at each other for nine and a half minutes because I've exhausted I think that'd be, my dialogue. That would be a fun way to pass time, I think, is just to, like, just start having a staring contest, and just, like, then they can tell if someone's fun, because, like, they'll <laughs> either they'll either get really weirded out, right, or, um, they'll just kind of be like, what are you doing? And, like, call you out, or the other person will be like, if I just start staring at you, they might be like, lock eyes. I feel like I wouldn't know what to do, so I would just stare back until the thing was done, and then possibly like, just, just run say, away. Say nothing. I don't think I would. And then just, they just stand up and leave when the time's up, because you... That would leave you with the weirdest That sensation. might be what I would do. <laughs> if someone just stared at me. All right, me. next. Just laser beams. Um, but yeah, so then uh, for these events, though, they're not just for men. Like, like for, uh, not just for men. What I meant to say is they're not just for uh, heterosexuals, mm-hmm. right? It can be for, like, gays, lesbians, transgender, the whole gamut, in a sense. People right? seeking people. Yeah, people seeking people. Is the ideal situation. You don't want people seeking rocks, really. That would kind of be weird. I'm gonna people talk seeking to a, horses. Talk to a rock. That's that's a different life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, let's see. Did I, I tell you my horse thought? No, tell me about your horse thought while I kind of read through here, because I kind of already skipped a couple of things. Do you think the horses are so fast because they're already, or they're always running from their past? <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so much. Um, oh, okay, so, um, now after the whole thing's done, right, and after you've been traumatized enough, and, like, you're sick about, like, talking about, like, the, your pedigree, and, like, what kind of genes you can your offer pedigree? to, pedigree? Like, oh, did I never tell you about that? No! Um, someone, 
I'm, I'm going to keep this as vague as possible. I can give you more specifics later. But someone pretty much said that uh, I have the makings of a good man and a solid pedigree. That was by far one of the weirdest things anyone's ever said to me. I immediately felt like I was like a dog that was to be like bred in a sense. And I was like, it was the weirdest sensation. I'm like, I think that was one of the few times in my life where I ever felt like, you know, like how like when someone like cat calls someone else and it's just like really weird and you don't know how to respond and you're like disgusted and like don't know how that, that was me in that moment. I was like, all right. Bye. <laughs> I mean, or there's me when I'm being catcalled, but I can't understand what they're saying. So I'm like, what? Can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great way to like go about that. And then there's the I'm latent saying... anger. Because I never, that happened to me. And I was like, what? So I was at a gas station. Yeah. Right? And he said it again. And I'm like, what? And then he said it again. And I was like, okay. And I got in the car. And I was driving away. And I was like, that asshole. <laughs> it was delayed anger like delayed gratification except for you did not get any of the gratification for all of the them. anger yeah you just got it's all it's still there oh wow <laughs> really leaves you scarred um but so how most of these matchmaking processes work is at the end of the night you pretty much say what you loved about like other partners you say which ones you'd like to meet up with and then after a day or two if both parties matched each other and said they would like to meet up with, then they actually send them information, contact information. Mm-hmm. Right? So that way they can protect people's privacy, right? And they can still feel excited to go out, but if they're not a match, right, they're not a match. Um, and, I, and I like that. Uh, some places charge you once you get a match. Oh. Right? Well, because I guess they charge you for to go into these events, and I get it, because well, you have to host it. Right? And so, like, but... but maybe they don't charge you to go into the event, maybe they only charge you when you get a match, which in some ways might be better, because what if you're going for weeks and weeks and you just never find anyone, and then you've been getting charged this whole time? I don't, I don't know. Horses? Yeah. And you keep trying to match up with this doctor that doesn't really exist. <laughs> so. See, I'm wondering if that meant that, he, like, he said that they hire him to be there. Is he an actor? Like, is he really those things? And they're just like, well, you look, you look real good on paper, just come be here? Or is he just, like, some bum that needed a job? Right. And he just... He's really good at cleans up. People. Yeah, yeah. Like, those are always crazy videos to watch. Is like someone that's like homeless and stuff, and like they take them off the streets, like give them like a brand new mm-hmm. hair, like all every, and like they look like they've never been homeless in their mm-hmm. life. Which just goes to show you that every person is really just a person, not a horse. <laughs> that's the key difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I already talked about all that. Cool. Yeah, because I kind of like went through like, I already read this so much that I decided like how I was mm-hmm. going to formulate it. And that, the problem with that, the problem with when you write down stuff. So you're like, now I know where I am, but then you don't know where you yeah, are. Yeah, but then you don't know what you've like, you've already talked about certain things. So now you figure out where you need to go next. So then trying to figure out where to go back to, you're like, well, I don't know because I wasn't looking oh. at this. Okay, cool. So this is where we're going to get to the facts and to the science because I haven't talked about the science yet, which I'm really excited to talk to the you about. The science of speed dating? That's kind of cool, actually. It's very intriguing. And it explains I'm a lot intrigued. why it explains a lot why I don't um, why I never really liked dating apps so to mm-hmm. speak because dating because uh, I'm gonna jump a little bit ahead here dating apps take away the ability for you to see how someone really is they take away a lot of like the mannerisms someone can evoke based on a conversation mm-hmm. or how they do deal with eye contact I I can say I'm like a lawyer who makes two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year and I'm a suave man who is cut <laughs> cut. <laughs> You know, 
Like, do stomach rips for, for <laughs> I days. I rip the corn out. I rip the corn and feed the people. Um, <laughs> but you don't really get to see the how the person really is. You mm-hmm. just get to see a description as to what... It's like when you try to pick a character for a game. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, think of, like, the old school fighting games. And it would, like, give you, like, a little, like, this person's, like, really great with an axe, but they're weak to this that. And you're like, that sounds really great. And then you realize the axe is really, like, two pixels long. And you'll never yeah. hit anyone in your life. Right? It's like, well, dang. Like, that sounded great, but that person really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I never really liked that, cause I like that. Because I like seeing for how people really are versus what they tell me. Because I, you know, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Definitely in the... Because you can always paint yourself in a better uh-huh. light. And you can definitely and Photoshop your pictures. Right? Or you can show a nice, younger, healthier version of yourself. It's like, yeah, go, it's a picture of me 12 my, years ago. My Dewey gut is going to sell you. <laughs> um, I'm a thousand years old. So when I stopped dating, dating apps weren't a thing. Uh, hell, like smartphones weren't a thing. Really? Like, yeah. They may have... Mobile phones weren't a thing, really. Oh, yes, they were. They For, like, the wealthy... No, I got a cell phone when I turned 15. Well, sorry. I was talking further back than that. Oh. Like, like the, like, real old school mobile Oh, yeah, phones. yeah. No, this, this was just, like, your run-of-the-mill, like, flip phone. Like, you'd have to put that in a freaking briefcase <laughs> to, like, walk around. But the ones that came with a box? Yeah. <laughs> um, where was I? Yes. Sorry, I've said um several times. My bad. Count. Drink for every um. No, don't. You'll die. So, <laughs> um... Dang it! There's another shot! Again! <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Taking a drink and taking a shot are two very different things. Okay. Take it, like, a nice light beer, maybe. Or, like, a nice wine, even. You might be able to... Don't do port wine! Don't, don't oh, start going... Don't ever do port. <laughs> I don't like port. Okay. Or brut. I acknowledge that... Well, I... You know what? Every time I say port, I'm actually thinking about sherry. Fuck Sherry. And I tried Sherry once. And I was like, how the fuck does Sybil Trelawney just drink this shit? This is terrible. Sybil? Sybil Trelawney? The divination teacher at Hogwarts? Oh, 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 oh. I was like... Because when she's like having a mental breakdown, she's walking around like drinking cooking Sherry. And cooking Sherry's really bad. She drinks cooking sherry? Yes! Cool. I imagine she probably stole it from the kitchens because she drank That's all of why hers. she has all these weird freakouts. She's just like... I don't know if she was drinking before that <laughs> um, or after. Oh yeah, maybe I excited her. Anyways, um, <laughs> so according to the New York Times, participants in speed dating experience... Uh, in speed dating, experience an average in 2 in 10 or 3 to 10 matches, right? So a 23% chance to actually find a match on these dating sites, which isn't bad, because like, that means, like, most of these things tend to have, like, you know, 24 upwards of, like, 50 people, which is, like, that's that's an event, and that better be no more than 2 minutes of max for 50 mm-hmm. people, because think about that, she, 2 minutes, that's 110 minutes, long. that's almost 2 hours long, like, uh, that's, that's a commitment, too that's too many people, so hopefully it's, like, no more than 20, um, I like maybe, like, 4 minutes, I'd be okay with that. I'm even not okay then, with any of this. No, even then, that's still two hours. Yeah. Dang it! These things are long. People must really be looking for people. I guess. Yeah. Um, I think I'd rather be alone. But so online dating particip- participants, uh, in contrast, only find a compatible match within one in a hundred or fewer of the profiles they study. So in a sense, they're saying you're more likely to find a match if you go to speed dating, right? Because you'll actually go see these people, and you know. Maybe you won't be so superficial. Like make more actually... of a connection being right. in the same place. Because it's easier to make a connection with a person versus a computer screen. Uh-huh. Right? 
Um, and then who knows if you're getting catfished. Exactly. Whereas, like, you can't catfish me unless, I don't know, I guess it could be a catfish in a person suit. Oh my god. Uh, uh, <laughs> <Could> <laughs> you Decker have... the Fitch Man. Yeah! <laughs> just, like, tearing And it's just open. a giant catfish. <laughs> You've been played! Um... <laughs> I liked your little, like, fin gesture there. <laughs> I mean, I have to. Um, and then they immediately drop dead because they're a fish. Now, uh, the BBC in the science... Uh, oh, gosh. BBC in Science of Love said that it only takes between 90 seconds to 4 minutes of face-to-face interaction to determine attraction, which gives speed dating an advantage over online dating. Because, I mean, everyone can look really nice, but, you know... You still don't men- have that face-to-face. Right. Like, I can, like, see someone online and, and, like, like see a picture and I'm like, oh, wow, they look really nice. And then see in person, like, oh, someone's fucking off. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, well, also, like, physical appearance isn't the only thing that plays into attraction, even at a first meeting. Exactly. Like, for me, I'm a bibliophile. I find intelligence really fucking attractive. Which goes, I mean, it definitely says it in the word right there. I just threw out a word that probably most people don't know. So. I mean, that's that's one thing, though, that's going to develop. You're not going to get that from, like, four minutes, per se. But you can, like, if somebody is cracking jokes, you can tell, like, okay, so they have a sense of humor. Maybe that's something that you find attractive. That's going to play into the attraction. Yeah, good, because yeah. attractive. I'm just going to repeat the same word I said. Attractive, attractive, attractive. If I say it enough, you'll have to believe me. Um, <laughs> So, here's some fun science about this. First off, in 2005, a study at the University of Pennsylvania um, of multiple hurry date speed dating events. So, this is like like speed dating. So hurry date sounds stressful. Hurry date. That hurry. Way. Go, go, run. <laughs> You're running out of time. Um, so, uh, to kind of clarify here, speed dating as one word is coined by that rabbi. And by, so, that's almost like a brand name. It's a brand name. Speed okay. dating as one word is a brand name, and you cannot use it without the permission of uh, that corporation. Huh. They, actually, they actually made that into a that's thing. That's interesting. But speed space dating, right? Mm-hmm. Not speed dating in space. But <laughs> <laughs> That sounds so much cooler. <laughs> if I don't like you, I'm pushing you towards the sun. In the air. Out <laughs> 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 Out the airlock. No! <laughs> so... Uh, that was fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, speed, space, dating, as two words, is a generic term. And that can be like said for anything. So like you also have hurry date and you have several other ones, which I'll list off later. But hurry date, speed dating events found that most people made their choices within the first three seconds of the meeting. And I can definitely believe that in terms of me wanting to continue a conversation, mm-hmm. not in terms of me actually liking someone. Because I can see someone like, wow, you're beautiful. And then you start talking to me, I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm right. moving on. Right. <laughs> you're you're nice to look at. Have fun. Um, or I can meet someone else and like maybe initially I'm like, I'm not so sure about this. And then you start talking to me, I'm like, huh. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm less shallow than I thought I was. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so, makes you sound like the biggest dick. I know. <laughs> well, I mean like I'm just like being honest as a person. Like let's no, say you meet I, someone I and you're not this. To them, and you're like, you're like, you know what? You're not really what I was looking for, and all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a second though. Mm-hmm. But you have other things I've always looked for. Well, it's like in the uh, when Warner is breaking up with Elle, he's like, "Yeah, every guy dreams of having a girlfriend that looks like you." Yeah, Fuck I want to walk like you, talk <laughs> like you. <laughs> yes, every every man dreams of having a girlfriend that's secretly a steak or a catfish. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. To, I need that to be a thing. I, we I need a gif to... of you catfishing. <laughs> Just gotcha. You've been catfished. <laughs> um, but yeah so stuff like uh, previous marriages and all of that 
Uh, that's not important. I'm assuming it's because think about the big picture, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you're just trying to find someone that you're interested in. You're probably not going to hit really hard with those ones because for most people, that might scare them away. Now, if you meet someone who's fairly open about that, that's probably that should be really surprising. Yeah, because most people don't want to disclose that information right away, not unless like they they get to know you and they trust yeah, you and stuff. Personal stuff. Well, and most people say it's like taboo because like if I were to like. Let's say I was to go out on a date with someone for the very first time and start talking to them about politics. The mm-hmm. vast majority of people would be like, be like, oh, right. Or they'll say something and you're immediately going to be like, oh, God, I regret that I asked this. Uh-huh. Right. So, like, let's say, like, you're a very, very solid, hard, you know, Republican. And then you go to ask someone about the political beliefs and they're very much a very solid Democrat. John has, I smell that. John has released the uh, Instant Pot. When you say released, it sounds dangerous. It does. But John it, has it, released. Into the wild. But for a brief moment, like, it smelled like Lucky Charms. And I thought I might have been having a stroke. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sweating. I, I am sweating for those Lucky Charms. <laughs> no, just... They got me. In general. I'm, I need to get my fix. I understand how Christine feels. I'm sweating. <sighs> oh, gosh. It's so hot. Um, But... Yeah, that's one thing I definitely understand is, like, immediate attraction happens really quickly, but mm-hmm. actual wanting to continue a relationship, that takes time, right? And everyone knows, well, m- most people should know, it takes work to really foster and grow in a relationship to where you want to, to where you're ready to dive into those kind mm-hmm. of conversations, right? Because you need to be ready to, I mean, that's kind of a risky thing to start talking about, is, like, talking about finances, or what's your belief system? And also you find out, oh, wow, I definitely am against that belief system, and when I say against, most people shouldn't be against a belief system. They should just be like, oh, I don't necessarily believe in and that's it. not for me. Unless it's like, I believe that everyone should die. <laughs> that's a little different. Definitely be against that belief system. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Now, apparently in 2006, there was a study that showed that women, 45% of women in a speed dating event and 22% of men had come, had come to a decision of if they were attracted to someone within the first 30 seconds. That seems like quite a bit, but I'm, maybe they're just, you know, they're more res- like, mm-hmm. they're like, I'm going to give this some time because <laughs> I've already kicked everyone else out of my life. I better give this I one a, a shot. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my humor today, but my humor is going somewhere weird. Um, I mean, that's where my humor always is, right. so it's fine. And Hurry date and, and apparently, So here's uh, for all you budding bachelors and bachelorettes out there. Um, I don't, I don't like the phrase budding. Budding. For those of you that are looking, I'm going to stay away from those jokes. Nope, nope. Uh, you're in it now. <laughs> Stamen with me here. <laughs> so, if you're ready to whip out your pistol and pollinate. get to pollinate and you only want to get a mate, um, apparently talking about travel results in more matches than dialogue about films. <laughs> wow. Specifically. Those are related. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I think talking about travel really i think that's a fun conversation about because then you can talk about well why do you want to travel there then you can talk about interests and maybe it wasn't something that you put down on a sheet and it's like wow i actually didn't you didn't write that down like tell me more about that i feel like that's saying like yeah talking about travel was like way more successful than me telling someone horse jokes for four minutes like not necessarily in the same are you looking for a match or are you looking for someone that will love you forever because you're looking for a match travel if you're looking for someone that will love you forever horse jokes maybe i'm looking for a jockey a jock? Uh, no. Oh, a jockey. <laughs> yes, because I ride horses. Ah, yes. 
<laughs> unlike jock straps. <laughs> which which ride men. That, <laughs> I'm sweating. We're on point today. I think it's because we're getting really hot. I, yeah. We're starting to become delirious. delirious. I think we're hitting like heat, heat exhaustion. I'm not sure if I'm at full heat stretch yet. Like... I just stroked myself because it's hot. Um, <laughs> that also sounds really bad on audio. It's fine. Um, he was just rubbing his arms. My arms, specifically. Okay. Um, what else? Okay, that doesn't matter. I wrote that down, but I didn't need it. Uh, oh! Okay. <laughs> the way I said that, you're like, I am shocked and curious. <laughs> yes! I, I have caught your attention. Anyways. Meow! Um, <laughs> meow! Uh, banana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. That was my smooth jazz voice slipped out. Yeah. <laughs> Banana. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so in 1995, the University of Bern showed that women appear to be attracted to the smell of men. The fall, stay with me here. The smell of men who have different MHC profiles. Now, MHC profile is the uh, set of genes that are used for um, that are used. For one's acquired immune system. So what I mean by that is like, let's oh. say, let's say you and John have a kid, which I'm sure is on. <laughs> you smell strong. <laughs> you smell strong. I want you. Um, if you guys have vastly different profiles, right, in terms of genetics, that means you're going to have much more differences, which might lead to your offspring being more likely to survive, mm-hmm. right, and continue surviving. That's why, like most people, when they find attraction, they find tra- they normally find attraction to someone whose biological chemistry is vastly different I mean, for a good chunk of things. I mean, you don't want to find someone that has the same chemistry as you, otherwise you're dating your sister. <laughs> and, and you don't want to go there. And you're saying all of this while waving around a banana. A banana. <laughs> this, this is the talking banana. When I have the banana, I get to talk. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense because um, like through the course of... A, and this, this is to be clear... This is when women are off birth control. They find that when women are on birth control, for some reason, they are more inclined to find those that have similar MHC profiles, which That's I find is really weird. And maybe it's because well, I mean, it changes your hormones. It changes your hormones, right? So maybe that's what it is. Is you know, you can't I mean, I guess depending on the kind of birth the control, the sweet that you're musk on. of my pheromones. You could never say that again, and I'd be fine. No, I can say it forever now with this clip. Oh, great. <laughs> um, yeah, so it says oral, contrac- oral contraceptives reverse this effect, but I found that really... So specifically oral contraceptives? It says oral contraceptives, and I wonder... Well, it was 1995, so I'm not sure how popular oh, okay. um, IUDs. Yeah, I think the, the pill was like the predominant... I'm always afraid I'm going to say IED instead of IUD, because... Yes. If, it, if an IUD was an Very IUD, different things. that would be terrifying. I don't want one of those intrauterine. <laughs> That's just not where I want that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you ponder your banana. That wasn't a euphemism, actually. I'm learning, I'm learning a lot from this banana. Um, but there's that. And then the last thing I'm going to leave off with here, because, I mean, there's a lot of other effects, but... The last thing I want to leave off here is apparently the person or the sex that's in the seat not moving is more likely to be hyper selective of those coming around. Because if you think about it, right, I'm waiting for someone to come and, in a sense, prove, like, impress you. Impress me, right? Or as a person hmm. walking around, their goal is to try and impress the other person. 
which is why, like I said, like why aren't men in the other seat? And it's because, like, I like I think it'd be interesting to have cu- some couples sit and other ones not. What if everyone was in a rolly chair? Yeah, or everyone moves, right? Um, that would be very interesting. Or I guess you could have like bumper cars. Dude, you would get so many bumper matches. Dating. You would get so many That's matches. That's a terrible title. We can workshop that. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be, because that's fun. It takes away all the stress. Or if you're stressed, you can take out your stress on other people. <laughs> if you're stressed, you can run someone over. <laughs> can you imagine how many matches would happen out of that? Because everyone would just be laughing and, like, you know, hitting each other and. Loosen everyone up, you know, maybe some. Or tighten others up, depending on how you get hit. Oh, my spine! Yeah. <laughs> it um, comes with a, a coupon for a chiropractor. Well, yeah, I found that was really interesting. Uh, oh, sorry, there was one other one. Apparently, so, so there are two factors that women and men. Um, look for in terms of deciding if they're going to be a match with someone. One of those is um, for uh, for men, the woman's age is the single most important factor that's determined by men. I think it's because like really all guys. Uh, I'm not gonna say all guys. Most I'm thinking like I'm dating an older woman. For uh, fuck's sake! Right? And I mean, she's not really older. She's not. She's ancient. like my age. She is your age. <laughs> Um, but I'm not saying that to try and like make it bigger than it is. Um, which is, that's what she said. Um, <coughs> but take your banana. My banana. Banana's moderate. Um, it's of average banana size. Moderate to mild banana. See your doctor. Plantain. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh gosh, where was I? Yeah. So men tend to look for women that are more. I'm assuming probably more youthful in appearance because that shows that they have healthy, uh, like you know, like healthy body and stuff. Like if like you're someone that's been smoking, like you've chain smoking for the past ten years of your life, you're probably gonna look vastly older than you really are. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming like for men, it's like oh, this is someone that could bear children healthily. <laughs> that's not what they're actively thinking, but in biological sense, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's that, that's, that's the end goal of sex, really, is to make kids unless or enjoy it or both. If ideally. you're the Catholic Church, if you're the Catholic Church, no. I mean, or if you're Baptist, or if you're Mormon. If you're religious. If you are those three things. It's highly probable. Nay, unavoidable. Well, there are religions that don't see it that way. I'm saying those three, though. Oh, well, yes. But I said, just if you're religious in general, it's highly... Your genetics might rewrite Highly probable that you're like, yep. I have become highly fertile because I'm now Catholic. (laughs) And we have now offended every religious person in the world. Woo! Yay. We did it. (laughs) And all it took was... Some of your time. We've already offended them. Uh, and then I'm sure. I guess for women, did I say women right? I have to ask because apparently I have like. You know, you know I said yes, women, I do remember women, the, the women yeah. woman issue. Women. Um, for women, one of the most important factors is a man's height. Hmm. Comparative to theirs, and they found that the likelihood of a match increases by five percent based on that person, based on that man's height. That's interesting. So, um, they didn't necessarily... Oh, 5% per inch. Oh. Size does matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I was like, that's really interesting. So, men tend to look for women who are more youthful in appearance, or probably more youthful in terms of like, energy, right? Young and spry. And then uh, women tend to look for men who are big or taller. <laughs> Good words. Faster, stronger. Longer. Um, 
so some advice if you're looking to go speed dating is don't go alone. Apparently, this is a fun thing to do with your friends. Don't know if I necessarily believe that, but maybe we're on the wrong side of the states. Or countries, for that matter, because I guess this is popular over in uh, uh, Europe as well. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, that's not part of the states, so that's... We can't really be on the wrong side of that. Wrong side of the... Wrong, wrong side of Europe. Wrong side of the earth. Europe. Oops. Um, if you're nervous, apparently it says drink beforehand, which I totally understand. Like, it helps you lighten up a bit. But don't drink so much to where you just vom on someone. Ew. You know, not, not fun. Um, and then, this is one of the things that I kind of uh, came... I modified someone else's quote to fit something more. It's like, treat everyone like a stripper. No touching. <laughs> Because apparently there have been many horror stories where like a guy will like rub feet with someone underneath the the table that they just met or like touch hands and like, dude, you gotta earn that shit. Like even if you're like a really attractive guy. Consent. Consent. And because you want them to be excited too. And also I would be very shocked and like if someone were to start rubbing up my, against my leg underneath the table. And by someone, like, all of a sudden, I just imagine, like, someone of smaller stature just rubbing up against my leg. <laughs> no! They got me! Um, ah. I just yelled at everyone's ears. That's fine. I kicked something. Uh, but yeah. Um, if you're looking to speed date, just be safe. Have an exit plan. Find friends. Have an exit, buddy. And don't get catfished. I, that was like catfish sound, I guess. But yeah, that's what I was talking about, so. That's interesting. The, like... Human attraction is super interesting. It is. It's one of my favorite parts about one of the psych classes I took. Yeah. Because it's just so bananas. See, and human attraction is not Not like... related to you holding a banana. Human attraction's not similar to, like, servine attraction, because we don't like... Most girls don't like when men try to rut. And by that, I mean, instead of banging <laughs> antlers against each other, most girls don't like when men fight. Typically, because they don't want to be around someone. That no, I would very specifically aggressive. like you to headbutt each other. Perfect, John. <laughs> it's fine. Now he's probably gonna come up here. He's <laughs> like, "What do you want?" Um, I also yelled with urgency. So you did. Like, he's probably like, "They're dying." <laughs> I want to wait. I want to see if he actually ever comes up here. <laughs> I doubt he will. He's probably watching something. Good. Um. So yeah. So Katie. Uh, yes, Decker. What the fuck are you gonna talk about? Well, I fucked up my line. What the fuck are you talking about? I said gonna. I mean, I, I mean, am gonna talk about it. It's true. Banana. I... <laughs> are we gonna listen to you eat a banana? I wonder if they can hear that. If you can hear that, you guys should tell me. I mean, it's making little spikes on the oh. thing. Oh. So, banana sounds brought to you by Decker. Oh, man, it's just really good. Banana noise. This is a good banana. Mmm. No, lean away from the mic. Nope, nope, we're just gonna listen to you eat this banana. You guys want some ASMR banana? I know Katie loves that. Katie. Oh no, I'm watching you eat this banana. No, you're gonna watch me eat this banana. You should take a banana with you on your speed date. So you'll have to edit a lot of that because there's a lot of weird silence of me staring at you. Yeah. It's okay. It's whatever. What if that was your speed date, just staring at someone eating a banana? Just lock. They lock eyes, too. They just never leave their uh, your eyes in the... Lock eyes. I'm across the room. Or like, time across the mother and boobs. No time for those silly games. <laughs> well, uh, I had entertainment. 
And... I lied. Actually, can we pause it for a hot second? Yeah. Cool. I need some water. Cool. <gasps> you didn't clip it! Good for you! Yeah. What a sexy can sound. That's gonna sound good. Can't sound, oh, any worse. No. can't sound any worse than you eating a banana. Mm, yes. <clears throat> there was one podcast I was listening to where one of the hosts started eating pasta, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Eating pasta? Pasta! I mean, here's the thing. It depends on the mic. depends on what you're eating, right? When eating chips, really fucking noisy. But mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe I can get over it if it's not super crackly, or maybe, like... Well, she was talking while she was eating, though, so it was... not that's pretty gross. Yeah, it was weird. Anyways, I was going to talk about something. Kitty, what the fuck are you talking about? So I got I got entertainment. What? And I already knew what I was going to talk about. It was something that I had the chance to see this weekend. Um, and it kind of led to... <clears throat> it developed into something different. And so my notes are very scattered because they are all over the place. Which is the definition of scattered, I have just said. <laughs> the more you know. Anyway... So this weekend, uh, we were able to see She Kills Monsters. Right. Which is a stage play written by a man whose name I cannot pronounce, and I don't want to butcher it. Q? Uh, yeah, I also don't have it in front of me. So does it start with a Q? It does. I'm just going to call him Q. Q-U-I is his first name. His last name, N-G-U-Y-E-M. Uh, so I have just a couple quick overviews that I'm going to read. To kind of give you an idea of what it is, and also to jog myself so I can go through it linearly instead of all over the place. Jog myself. Just to jog myself. Uh, A comedic romp into the world of fantasy role-playing games. She Kills Monsters tells the story of Agnes Evans as she leaves her childhood home in Ohio following the death of her teenage sister, Tilly. When Agnes finds Tilly's Dungeons & Dragons notebook... However, she stumbles into a journey of discovery and action-packed adventure in this imaginary world that was Tilly's refuge. In this high-octane dramatic comedy laden with homicidal fairies... High-octane. Noise. Homicidal fairies, nasty ogres, and 90s pop culture, acclaimed playwright, that guy, offers a heart-pounding homage (laughs) to the geek and warrior within us all. That's his pen name. That That guy. guy. Second uh, summary here. Uh, You're deflating. I did. I forgot how to read. Agnes, a normal girl by all accounts, looks for closure following the death of her sister and parents. While packing up her sister's belonging, Agnes stumbles across a homemade Dungeons and Dragons quest, written by Tilly, determined to get her to know. Determined to get to know her Tilly. That was good writing. That person. Determined (laughs) to get to know Tilly after her death, Agnes embarks into the world of game. The world of game. Wow, this is great! My brain really auto-corrected a lot of things in here, apparently. The world of game! Agnes embarks into the world of the game. Ready Players (laughs) 1? Dripping with sarcasm and disdain for geek culture. Once she starts, Tilly comes to... Ooh, whoa, 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 there it is. Uh, Once she starts, Tilly comes to life as Tillius the Paladin, and Agnes is able to role-play conversations with her sister, lessening the estrangement between the two. As the play and quest progress, so so does Agnes's attitude towards geeks and geek culture 
an idea that's conveniently framed by Agnes's life outside the game, where she works as a teacher at the school Tilly attended, meeting the real-life versions of the characters Tilly transported to her fantasy land in the game. So, as stated, uh, Tilly and Agnes's parents, they are all dead. They died in a car crash. So Agnes is going through the house, cleaning it out. The She saved the uh, Tilly's room for last. <coughs> yep. Good. Um, her boyfriend, Miles, is helping her, and it she's planning to move in with him because they, they're talking about moving boxes over there and unpacking them together and blah, blah, blah. Um, they've been together for, like, three years or something, and because it does does go to Agnes when she's at work and she's friends with one of the guidance guidance counselors at the school. And so the guidance counselor makes it very clear that she thinks that Miles is kind of a deadbeat because it took him that long to propose to her or not to propose to ask him to move in and or blah, blah, blah. What so you're going for. Uh, yeah. Cleaning out the room, she finds this binder that has a homebrew D and D campaign for one to two homebrew? players at beginning level. And so she takes it to this game store and the, the guy at the desk gets a high school kid named Chuck. And long story short, he comes over to Agnes's family's house and runs this adventure for her. In probably three or four sessions. Okay, so it wasn't a very long campaign, though. Right. Just like a module. Yeah, yeah. And so it introduces you to the characters, because there's, there's uh, Tilius the Paladin... And she's, Don't be Tilly. she's like this legendary hero, basically. And then there's Lilith, who it uh, it calls her a demon queen, a, a tiefling, basically. It's like reminds me of Adam and Eve. Sort of. Um, Lily. <laughs> and then there's Calliope, who is an elf. I believe she's a wizard a or a sorcerer. Uh, and Orcus. Who is a demon. But he's retired. Oh, he's retired? Yes. <clears throat> Too old for this crap. So, the beginning of this adventure... Three days to retirement. Is there... Agnes comes into this group, and she is very, you know, this is this is stupid, and what are you guys wearing, and oh my god, like... One of the uh, actresses' costumes was basically like a corset and some briefs. Which is very reminiscent, especially of, and this is set in the 90s, mm-hmm. of, like, 90s female characters in games. You know, like, think the, like, fur bikini type thing, where they're like, yep, uh, yes, this the gravity-defying armor that is what you get to wear because you're a woman. Yeah, blah, blah, or like, blah. It like, and it just, like, stayed here? Like, it actually didn't wrap yeah, around? Yeah, like, and there just... were no straps or anything? Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. It's like... Um, so <laughs> it was... <laughs> There's a suction cup on. It was playing off that trope for that character... And so, you know, she's not into that, and she's, oh, this is kind of dumb, and blah, blah, blah. And so she she does start playing, and the their quest is to retrieve the lost soul of Athens. And this does take place in Athens, Ohio. Yeah. And it comes around to they find out where the lost soul belongs to Tilius the Paladin. So, and during this, the interactions between Agnes and Tilius is I don't want to say that Tilius is like a dual character. Um 
but they they act like like uh, sisters. So it's not like, oh, I am the character Tilius and then you are Agnes. But so it's Tilius, but also Tilly interacting with Agnes. Mm. And which is kind of interesting because you remember that. So all of the, you know, the storyline plays out in front of you. And every now and then you're reminded that there's Chuck over here behind the DM screen. And that's the one that's actually talking. So yeah. it's, it, that's just like an interesting that's fun. Re- reminder every now and then, because there's a cool thing where Chuck and Tilly will talk at the same time to bring you back into Tilly's not really here. Mm. And so that, that's kind of a cool thing. But so they're, they're trying to find this lost soul. So they go to Orcus, this uh, demon prince, and he is just re- kicked back in a recliner watching TV, drinking PBR. Yes! <laughs> Um, it's a way to live. And they're like, well, I would like this soul back, please. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't have any more. Well, who has it? Well, the Tiamat has it. So now they have to go... Oh, Tila. Mm-hmm. Oh, so now they shit. have to go find this five-headed dragon to rescue Tilius's soul. So they embark on... That one's on... neutral? Or is that one evil? Because there's three. There's Bahamut, who's good. I believe lawful Tiamat good. is evil. Tiamat is evil. And then there's... Another one that's uh, nine-headed. Huh. That's okay. Go ahead and keep going. Yeah. Um, so they embark on this quest. So the rest of the show flashes between the sessions where the party is moving through towards the... I think it was like up the mountains of Steep in the Castle of Evil is where the Tiamat lives. And they have to fight three bosses along the way. And then it flashes to, like, Agnes being with Miles or Agnes at work. And so there's several times where it'll flash to Agnes at work with the, the guidance counselor. And they're chatting about this, you know, this game that Agnes found of Tilly's. And so she's playing it. And, you know, the, the guidance counselor, her name was Vera, kind of... Uh, well, how do you think this is going to help? Or, like, remember, this isn't really your sister. She's not here. And you can tell that they're friends, but in a very odd way. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, a, as they progress through this, their quest, they meet their first boss, which is a, a fairy. And she's a real bitch. Well, this is a fairy, you know. It's not like, Tila! Yeah. <laughs> so they, they meet this fairy. Freaking God. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was something specific. Because a lot of the characters called back to people in the real world. I don't believe that this fairy did. Um, if It's possible that she did, and I just don't remember. Uh, so then the next boss that we meet, it, it comes out as this, you know, gelatinous ooze. Or gelatinous slime. Freaking cute. Uh-huh. That was the one you told me about. Like, yeah, and there's this. There's is this a slime. That is not a fucking slime. There's this recurring character <clears throat> named Steve who pops in. I love when, like, there's just someone that has just a, a wizard. basic name. It's just like, Steve. Um, so, like, when they meet Orcus, Steve runs in and he's like, It is I, the wizard Steve. I have come to get the staff of whatever the fuck. Uh, I've come to fight you for it. And Orcus, is, he just, like, throws it at him. He's like, Yep, yeah, here, have it. And so then Steve runs off and he's like, Oh, that was all. So then they're, they're fighting this. They're, they're fighting this fairy and Steve runs up and he's like, oh, it is I, the 
the wizard Steve and the fairy fucking rips him to shreds. Um, I try and, nope, that wasn't the one with the arms. I don't remember what she does to him, but she, she roughs him up pretty good. Uh, so then when they're, they're with this gelatinous slime, Steve comes up and he's like, oh wait, there's something in there. And so he reaches into the slime and of course gets sucked in and big mistake. Yep, there goes Steve the wizard. God fucking Steve. And then they, they, uh, disclose that, oh, that's another thing. This, uh, gelatinous ooze slime thing. I keep giving it different names. It's named Miles. And this is where Agnes learns that Tilly didn't like Miles. Which was not something that she had known. And so throughout this play, it kind of climaxes with Agnes saying that she never really knew her sister. She kept thinking, well, we can connect on you know, normal things like boys and clothes and music at some point. But that's not what Tilly is into. So she just didn't. It's like, I remember Tilly when she was a baby, but I don't remember Tilly as a teenager. So they have this kind of discourse about that, and it's where we find out the slime is actually a doppelganger. And so it changes into, like, a caveman-esque form of Miles. And so now Tilly has forced Agnes to kill Miles in a Miles form, not a slime, mm -hmm. um, to be able to continue with the quest. And she, she does eventually, you know, defeat the doppelganger. But while this is happening, uh, Miles, the real Miles, mm -hmm. has gone to, he's getting advice from Vera, which is odd because Vera makes it very clear that she doesn't like him. And he's like, well, I think she's, there, there was a conversation that happened where somebody said something, or I think Agnes said something about Chuck and he was like, oh, who's that? And I says, well, it's my special friend. And so it gets twisted into this whole thing to where Miles thinks that Agnes is cheating on him with a high school kid in this really weird way because she's like, oh no, it's nothing like that. We just role play. No, he's my dungeon master. And if you're looking at it like that, it all sounds yeah. real bad. <laughs> sounds really, really so bad. eventually he like bursts into their, in on one of their sessions mm -hmm. and eventually like that kind of blows up and he storms out and then he comes back and they convinces him to play with them. And this is, so they've fought two bosses now. The third boss uh, is the... There's, so there's these two succubi characters that look like cheerleaders. And that's, like, their thing is that they're, they have this, like, weird dance power thing that they, they do. That like Wonder Twins, but, like, if Bring of, It On was a thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and so then when, when Steve shows up there, they rip his arms off. And so then Poor they, Steve. they use his arms like as weapons for a good majority of that scene. But this is where uh, Agnes finds out because the so the the cheerleader succubi are. Oh, that's another important thing. Everyone in this world is gay. Everyone. And so how does. How are they all alive? All That's not important. <laughs> okay. Um, and we have a, a friend who was playing Orcus. And, and we has, all do artificial insemination. He has the best line ever because it's like, oh yeah, everyone here is gay. 
And I was like, oh, you're gay? Yeah. And you? And then Orcus steps out of the curtains. He's like, Orcus loves the cock. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. But so everyone is gay. And this is when Agnes finds out that Tilly was a lesbian. But she had never told Agnes. And so Agnes is upset that she's like, well, why didn't she feel like she could tell me? Mm-hmm. And this is when she sees these two succubi characters are, they're basically bullying Tilius. Like, they keep calling her a dyke and pushing her down and being like, oh, is the, is the lesbian sad? Like, why don't, why don't you go kiss this person? And um, that really affects Agnes. But she works at the school where Tilly used to go to. And she kind of has an, she has a couple of episodes. So Tilius, uh, Lilith, and Tilius are an item. And so she goes into the, the guidance officer's, guidance counselor's office at one point and sees a student named Lily, who was a friend of Tilly's. And when you, when you look at her, you can see it's very clearly the same actress that, is play, that plays Lilith. So you can see this is where Tilly has brought her inspiration for Lilith. So Agnes kind of freaks out a little bit and starts yelling at her. Like, were you my sister's girlfriend? It's okay. I just want to know, did you love her? And so, of course, this, you know, 16-year-old closeted lesbian runs away. Uh, her second episode Bye. is uh, when these two cheerleaders come in and they're talking about how sad it is. Uh, they have the yearbook. They're trying to sell ads in the yearbook. And she's like, why would I want an ad? I'm not selling anything. And they get real snotty and they're like, well, you could buy a memorial for someone who's not here that we miss. And so they start going on and on and on about how much they miss Tilly and how much they loved her and blah, blah, blah. And Agnes just snaps because here she can see that they are the succubi. And so she grabs their yearbook and tears it up. Those succubi! And like, throws it at them. And so they run away. So at this point, you know, they've fought these three bosses. Um, they go Where's up... The fairy? They, they go up to... They get to the castle... Uh, just before where they would meet the Tiamat. And of course, it wouldn't be complete if there wasn't a beholder. Vera comes out as the beholder. Um, and the theater that did that in does this in town. If you don't know what a beholder is, by the way, it's just a, it's a ball that has a whole bunch of it's eyes. It's a giant stocks. eye with more eyes. Yeah, it's freaking it's Fucking terrifying. No. Um, Screw you up. And the, the theater company in town that put on this production is well known for their puppetry. So their beholder looked real badass um so they oh oh, so they they get up there they're fighting something i don't remember what they were fighting but lilith jumps in front of uh i think it's a sword she jumps she takes a sword for tilius and tilius is obviously distraught and Agnes, like, comes out of the game, basically, and she's like, no, bring her back. Like, resurrect her. And in the game, uh, Calliope, the elf, is like, no, like, we can't do that. We don't have that kind of magic. Uh, Agnes comes out of the game, and she's like, no, bring her back. Like, my sister is upset because Lilith died. Bring her back. And Chuck is like, well, I can't. That's not how this is written. Your sister wrote this out, and based on what is written and what the dice rolled, she dies. And I can't do anything about that. And so Agnes kind of has this meltdown and storms out. She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'll call you if I change my mind. Um, And so then, of course, there's some soul searching and discussion and blah, blah, blah. Um, Eventually, Chuck comes to her and is like, 
I wanted to return this binder to you. I also wanted to show you something. And so she goes with him and he introduces her to these, uh, this guy and his sister. And these are the people that he based, she based Orcus and Calliope on. And so she's, she's getting to know Tilly's friends and she's, she's starting to feel like she's starting to get to know Tilly again. Uh And so she's like, okay, well let's, let's finish the campaign. Uh, so she goes back, uh, Miles agrees to play, dies within his first, like, five minutes. <laughs> of course. Oops. Um, so they get to the, they get to the Tiamat, and they think that they have defeated it. I don't remember what it was that they defeated, but they were like, yeah, we did it, cool. Where's your soul? And then they, well, the Tiamat is a shapeshifter, so... Uh, it, it could be anyone because at this point Lilith walks back in and we're like, hold on, you were dead. So now everyone was like, oh my God, who's a shapeshifter? Who's the Tiamat? Well, of course it's Tilius. So then they come out with this fucking incredible five headed dragon puppet. And so she has to fight all of the heads, blah, blah, blah. Of course she is victorious. She has closure. Um, Trying to remember how that ended. Oh, but there's this, like, really sweet moment where she hugs her sister. And they have this, like, nice sisterly moment that they didn't get to have while they were alive. Hmm. Um, and that is a, a very terrible, brief summary of She Kills Monsters. If you have a chance to go see it, definitely do. How long is it still... I mean, it'll probably be... will be over by the time this thing airs, I'm assuming probably. Oh, yes. Uh, the last week that it runs is this week. Okay. Um, which was actually an extended run because they sold out their previous run. Gotcha. Um, but in like there's this opening monologue is done by this, you know, person in your kind of traditional like fantasy-esque garb with a long cape and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And they're setting the scene and they're talking about Tilly and how she's, you know, this super rare thing. A girl nerd. That's into, you know, RPGs and things like that. And I was, I mean, we, we were there with several of our friends that we game with. And mm-hmm. it was interesting for me coming to that show when earlier in the day, I had been playing D&D with some of those people. Mm. And it reminded me of an article that I had read last year about, like, kind of the resurgence that D&D has had. Mm-hmm. Um, and how a lot of that is due to women. And how a lot more women are interested in it now, and it's a lot more inclusive. Um, and just, like, the, the demographic of people that are playing RPGs has shifted significantly. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to revisit our discussion about women in gaming and focus a little bit more on, like, women in... Full circle, RP- back to episode two, yep. baby. <laughs> and then, you know, just I focus more on... Actually, episode two might, be a, might have been Commander Keen. I can't recall. But it was one of our very first It was one of, one of our first ones where we talked about the women in gaming. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to circle back and talk, talk and discuss a little bit more about women specifically in, like, tabletop RPGs. Yeah. And I think we're kind of in this really cool thing now where it's had this resurgence, and a lot of that is due to the internet. Because people oh, can stream 100%. games. Well, like Critical Role is such a uh-huh. iconic group 
and have such a such a great success. In fact, I believe they got their Kickstarter backed for actually making an animated mm-hmm. show of it. I'm not sure like how in depth if it's like literally the whole show. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty boss. That would they had be. Some, they had some really good episodes. Um, but there's a lot of women that are, mm-hmm. and they're also voice actors too. And and there's a lot of uh, like there's several podcasts that I listen to that are real play podcasts that are all women, mm-hmm. or they're uh, people that identify as women and people that are identify as like gender queer or uh, gender fluid. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like it's become a whole lot more inclusive. But there was a, a study that they did, I think it was last year, it was in uh, 18, that showed that so f- compared to like 2012, when women made up 12% of the gaming population, in 2018, they were 40%. Damn. So there's been this huge growth. And this is for like tabletop game i think this was specifically D D because okay. um because i know like when i did my bit it was actually close to 50 50 yeah this was i think this is specifically uh D. it might be tabletop in general um but i know in this article they were talking with various women that work for wizards of the coast oh nice produces D. um i have lost my train of thought oh but so we we have had this like it's so much more accessible and especially mm-hmm. with the the advent of fifth fifth edition yes. where they kind of dumbed it down n- not necessarily um so like previous editions have had a whole lot of rules for combat but there wasn't as much room for storytelling and so mm-hmm. fifth edition is more open world and more focused on giving you that freedom to build your story and tell your story mm-hmm. and Instead of getting bogged down in the minutia of... The mechanics of it. Yeah, of combat. Right. And they, they changed their, the way that they, their characters, or at least how they, how they talk about it in the book. Um, like, there's no stat difference if you choose a male or a female of a certain race. Mm-hmm. They're the same so across the board. Yeah, it's just the racial traits. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it... I think it it even says somewhere in the player's handbook about like think about would your character be pushing, you know, gender norms? Do they even identify as a gender? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't think is something we would have seen in previous editions. Oh no, like, that's just not the climate. Right, and then also what's what's fun is I know like with Pathfinder, right? They always talk about she. They always say she when they're referring to either the game master mm-hmm. or a character or an enemy. Like it, it, well, that's what always caught. That's what caught my eye. I'm like, wow, it always says she. That's interesting, and it's kind of weird to be on the other side because I'm like so used to seeing he. Like that's how mm-hmm. I feel like it should be, and I'm like, huh. Well, that doesn't bother me. Let's go and keep reading. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's something too that I think we talked about this in that other episode is like gatekeeping of historically. If you think about D and D, like the stereotypic st- stereotypical D and D party. It's just like a bunch of guys hanging out in someone's basement. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not inclusive. Like, uh, what was that? Uh, was it the badass movie? The, oh, the Knights of Badassdom. Yeah, right. Yeah, where it's like it was a bunch of white guys. dudes. Yeah. So that like that's you have the rich one. You have like the one who's like somehow plays it, but like maybe isn't mm-hmm. like super really into it. You have like the super nerdy one. You have the one that's off their rocker a little bit (laughs) well that and how it was stereotypically it's 
like tabletop gaming in general is seen as like, oh, that's super nerdy and geeky and only losers do that. Dude, I freaking played Hi-Ho Cheerio all freaking day. <laughs> like, shoots and ladders. That's a tabletop game. I mean, I'm thinking more of the, the right. RPG right. But aspect like, of it. It's always when people are like, I'm not really into that. I'm like, did you ever play like freaking mm-hmm. any? Well, we're like, sorry, that has dice on it. We're getting these games that where they've tried to take role play aspects and build it into the mechanics to make it more accessible to right. people that like. I mean, I still I've never DM'd a game because that's fucking intimidating. But if you just sit, like, if you just hold the player's handbook, that's a lot of goddamn information. Where do you even get started? It's really hard to know unless you have someone who's done it already showing you, mm-hmm. like, this is the easiest way to start. Blah, blah, blah. This is where you look for your things. Yeah. It's really intimidating to get into. Mm-hmm. So imagine being a woman trying to get into that. Who, like, where, where's your in? Yeah. Like, how do you even hear about this? Because mm-hmm. guys aren't going to invite girls. And it's not that women weren't playing it. Right. But, like, Bryn, for example. When she would go to games, like, at the game store and everything, she would get, like, weird things from all of the guys there. Because it's like, oh my god, there's a girl here. Yeah. I mean, they are mystical beings, <laughs> to be sure. Well, I even read another article that was, maybe it was an article. I think it, maybe it was a Reddit post. It was like, I'm a girl and I play D&D. Yes, we exist. And it's like, I, I don't want that to continue to be a thing that we're like, oh my god, it's so rare. We're we're forty percent of the population that are playing RPGs. Mm-hmm. Like that's. I, I think it's starting to become a bit normalized now, though. Like, I think like it even is with too. Like gaming, because the hardest thing is it's the publicity, right? Mm-hmm. It's that visualization of like being seen and actually all these women, right? So like YouTube really helped to perpetuate mm-hmm. that, and like all these different, um, you know, podcasts and that have all these different genders or transgender or non-gender. What be you, mm-hmm. right? It that really helped to, um, really deliver a message message that it is, um, inclusive, mm-hmm. right? Not exclusive, but just like guys. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think playing with just all guys is can be boring. Then again, I do have a group that's specifically all guys mm-hmm. right now. That's also because we did not find. I mean, not that we well, it's not like you were trying to exclude people. Right, that no, was just the we people were... you had that wanted to play. Right, but. I mean, it was something that I was always super curious about growing up, but I never said anything to anybody because I didn't know anybody that was playing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'd be willing to bet that a lot of my friends that I grew up with would be super into it. And it's, just think about the crazy creative things we could have been doing as children. It's really great for like um, your imagination, mm-hmm. or like anyone that will like if math. You wanted to be, math, acting. Like that's the thing, right? Like, I'm like if you ever needed to know math, it is for uh-huh. D&D. My God, because if you don't do your math right, you can be in a whole lot of hurt. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I thought I had three health potions. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, no, I thought they were greater health potions. No, those are regular uh-huh. health potions. That is 1d8, my friend. I'm trying to add bonuses, things that can change your stats that would yeah. be important. Yeah. Still a numbers game, but it's a fun numbers game. And it, it makes me sad to think about, I guess, like, the lost opportunity that... You know, we could have been doing this thing yeah. when we were younger because it was seen as not appropriate for girls, not not something that women should be doing. Mm-hmm. Which is go back to your Polly Pocket, I, basically. And it's something that I've experienced as a female, and I know that a lot of our other friends have as well. Is it's weird to go into a game store? 
Yeah. Sometimes I don't even want to go into a game store because I know that they're going to like give me that judgy look like, oh, it's a girl. Well, she could possibly, she doesn't know anything. Like, here's the sad thing about that is I wanted to go into game stores, but, and maybe it's just like how I viewed it. I always felt it was really intimidating. And that was even like, mm-hmm. as a guy, like if I wanted to, cause I don't look, I don't necessarily look like anyone that would really be into mm-hmm. D&D. Right or like any kind of role playing game. Yeah. So like I go in and I try talking him up and stuff, and I have I had a couple people have been really nice, but then I've had several other people where it's like I I almost feel like I didn't belong. Mm-hmm. Like I was like kind of getting the cold shoulder. Yeah, and where there's this like weird like oh well if you don't know everything you can't like you don't know anything and you don't belong here and it's like mm-hmm. well okay then how are you supposed to get people like into it? Yeah. And I don't. It's it's very weird. I had a moment where I went into a store and I was looking. I just wanted to look at the dice and the, the guy behind the counter pulled him out and he was like, Oh, do you collect them? Or do you actually use them? And I was like, excuse me? What? Actually use them? Like, yes, I am literally on my way to play right now. Mm. But that's what a, what a patronizing thing to say to someone. Oh, you must collect them. You're a girl. Do you collect or play? Maybe he was trying to flirt with you. Fucking both. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about how many dice I have. I play collect. But I, I had kind of a, a funny moment the other day where I walked in and... Oh, shit. What? What have you done? No, I forgot to. I wonder if it's still around. I was going to share this post with you. Um, I don't even know if I saved it. There was, there, was a, there was a promotion for free dice. What? From something. And I just like, for some reason, you just jogged my mind of it. But I don't know if I'll ever find it again. I don't know if I saved the post. So I, I walked into the, the store looking for a very specific set of dice. And the guy, I was looking at the, looking through them because they were already out. And the guy came over and you could tell, he kind of had that, you know, smug thing going on. It's like, oh, you know, can I help you find anything? And so I looked at him and I went, yes, I'm looking for a set of uh, Chessex Astral Blue. And he went, I don't know what that is. It's a set of dice. And I, then I got to be smug. And you threw the, you threw the... He was much nicer after that, but you shouldn't have to have that, you shouldn't have to have that moment of proving what you know for that. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, it made me feel nice, but at the same time it made me frustrated. Because I shouldn't feel nice over that. I don't see it. I'll but if you're, know. if you're looking for a real play podcast to listen to, go listen to The Venture Maidens. It's fucking phenomenal. The storytelling is incredible. Mm-hmm. I also listened to, um, uh, freaking, uh, I have it over here, The Adventure Zone. The, the Adventure Zone is a fun one. It's a fun one. The, the McElroy family. Yeah. And then, um, oh, what's the other one I listened to? It's actually on my Spotify. I don't want to open it because I'm afraid to ultra. I, I, I listen to many. Uh, what was the other one? <laughs> I'm not offline. You lied to me. But it's it, looking into that, it was really interesting to see how much it has changed. And I mean, I'm still rel- relatively new to like D&D. I've only been playing for like a year and a half now. But if that's something that... Oh, Adventurific was the other Adventurific. one. It's a Starfinder homebrew. Oh, I've not heard I found, of that one. But it's the only Starfinder one I have found that... I think I found two, but the other one was just like really not doing it mm-hmm. for me. And then this one I found, it's just kind of fun. Okay. So I might have to look at that one. Yeah. Um, I've lost my thread. Sorry. 
You lost your thread? Yeah. It was something. I'll find it. Oh. But it, oh. if... Uh, shit. <laughs> if you think that something... Like a game like D&D is something that you might be interested in, find somewhere that where you can get in. Get a book, watch a YouTube video, listen to a podcast. You know, if you have a group of friends and stuff, you can bring it up and, like, start mm-hmm. a game. Like... I knew nothing, and now, I mean, I read a lot, though, mm-hmm. consistently. Um, probably more than I needed to, for sure. But, um, like, for me, I just found a friend who used to do it, and then I was like, let's do it, and then now we have a game, and then now I host a game mm-hmm. uh, because of it. So, if you have any friends and you want to, like, give it a shot, go ahead. I mean, you probably find books online for cheap. Uh, you don't necessarily yeah. have to buy a new one. Um, you might be able to get them for 40, uh, or actually, no, I've seen them go for 30 if you do, like, the, uh, Pocket Player's Handbook. Yeah, um, I want to say... Or they're online, there's a lot of resources online. Yeah, and free. D&D Beyond, you can get, like, PDF copies of them. Uh, the books are expensive, and it, it like, it, at first you're like, oh, that's a lot to pay for a book, but remember that, like, that book is the game. Yeah, like, so, it's... Like, You'd pay, you know, you'd drop $50 on a board game and you're like, yeah, because like a video game. everything is there. But like, that's, that's how the book works is that everything is there. Yeah. So it's also, I saw a meme somewhere that was like, get your kids into RPGs and they'll never have money for drugs. And that is true. Yeah. Because we'll there's like, all of, well, or just additional books. Yeah. Because like the, it's a fun game. I'm in a, a session right now where I have three different books because my, my, uh, class is in one my race is in another and my background is in a separate one mm-hmm. and it's like i'm trying to juggle through all of these books but it opens up to this huge world that is just incredible and that's how i got into it was a friend of ours wanted to she'd been playing for a while but she wanted to try dming and if you're not familiar dm is dungeon master or a yeah. gm is a game master yeah. just depends on what you're playing um, and she had said something kind of offhand and I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to learn how to play that, but I don't even know where to start. And she was like, oh, well, like, come play with us. I can teach you like our game, the game that I'm trying to put together. I'll have people that are of varying experiences, so people that have never played, people that have played once or twice or people that have been playing for a couple of years. And I was like, well, that sounds great. And it's been one of the most fun things I've ever done. And I've mm-hmm. made some really great friends playing in various games. Yeah. So... You seduced many a robot that you should not have been able to. Just fucking do it. Like, I mean, I think like the statistics are there that show the women are all over this. Mm-hmm. So let's stop saying like. And it doesn't have to be a lot of people too. Mm-hmm. It can be like, uh, Brendan, my friend. He ran a group. He ran a, a game session for years with only two people. Mm-hmm. And it was just like those two people were doing things, and then he just built the world all around yeah. them. Yeah. Um, his was really cool because he basically just he created like almost like a gauntlet kind of thing, mm-hmm. and they'd have like one city that they could never leave, and anytime something would happen, it'd just like pull them into that environment, mm-hmm. and then when they're done, it put them back in that city. So in a sense, he didn't have to focus so much. He could really be really detailed about the city and like really grow it. Yeah. And then he could have like these dungeons, but he didn't have to worry about like all the in between. So it was really easy for him as a GM. So that might be something to think about as well. Well, and like with She Kills Monsters, that whole adventure was only written for one to two players and there was only one actual player everything else was in game so there was just the one pc Mm -hmm. 
everything else was run by the the dm right so you don't have to have like five or six people to run a game and there's uh i know i don't know how easy this would be in to drop into as a beginner but there's a lot of game stores that have Dungeons and Dragons Adventure League, which is just like a pickup game every week or however often they, that particular location mm-hmm. hosts it. And you just, you bring a character that, you know, meets the league requirements and then you just drop into a game. Mm-hmm. And we have a, we know a guy that, <clears throat> um, Jordan, he did, he ran the uh, Kids with Wands uh, thing that I did. Yeah, that was fun. He met some people that he plays with now by going to Adventure League because he wanted to play more. Right, not just be a GM. Yeah. Probably. And so he, you know, he, like that was a way for him to meet other people that were interested. And then from there, they were like, well, we all like playing with each other. Let's go schedule a time to play on our own instead of coming to Adventure League where it's, you know, hit and miss every week. Who's you going to get? So mm-hmm. that, that's another another way that you can meet people. And it's there's still that intimidation factor going into a store with people that know things already when you don't. But sure. but I like to think... I mean, grab I, a friend. I think, yeah, go, go have a buddy. Drink a little bit before you go. <laughs> don't get catfished. Like, speed D&D. Speed... <laughs> yes! Speed D&D. I'd love it. It could be like a quick like, little 10 minute like one shot where it's like... Like a quick little intro, like, here's your character and stuff, here's your little mm-hmm. venue, what do you want to do? You have, like, maybe three rooms to pick from, or something like that. Like, oh, well, I want to try this. Okay. But it was, it, was, it was funny, because even though I had spent several hours that day playing D&D, as soon as that show was over, all I wanted to do was go play D&D. D&D's a lot of fun. It's so fun. It's, it's a it can be a lot of work, depending on if you're going to be a game master or a dungeon master. Mm-hmm. Um, or even, like, a player, like, depending on what kind of thing you're going for. Because it does require, like, some preparation, so to speak. But the best part about it, and I think we, I joked about it earlier before we even started recording. Or maybe it was while we were recording. 80% of it is just bullshit. And by bullshit, I mean, it's just thinking on the fly, having fun, goofing up with friends. Like, sometimes, like, I'm like, I have this thing, and... They do not want to do that thing at all. I mean, like, they want to go to an inn and go bother some poor bard who's just trying to make two uh-huh. silver for some reason. Um, and that's what's fun is because you never know what's going to happen. And then and it's basically storytelling with friends. And then if you don't know what to do, you roll dice and the dice tell you what to do. So it's like, or oh. it really fucks up what you're going to do. <laughs> you're right. And that's it. It gives it this aspect of uh, unpredictability, Un- unpredictable, unpredictable, uh, uh, so, Yeah. So where it gives. You never know what kind of game you're going to have. It can be a game that's fun and exciting. It can be a game that's really, like, mind-boggling. It can be a game that's very sad. Because, like, when, like, you lose a, when you lose a player, right, or, like, like, when you lose a character, right, like, there's a character death and stuff, mm-hmm. that can be really hard. And depending on some games, they won't allow resurrections. Or, you know, I mean, even just losing that, it's still going to be sad. And if there are resurrections, maybe they'll make it, like, a bitch to get mm-hmm. right and then like when but then when you get those moments that come together like maybe you do resurrect that person and stuff that it's like a great moment that um you can build a lot of powerful moments not just with your game but with your friends and i think that's why i love it so much is because you're playing a game with friends but you're making memories with them too and it's more than just like kind of video games because i love video games but i will definitely take a board game over video games and i think that's every what's, time what's cool because i love skyrim but you can get that same like Skyrim feeling mm-hmm. with other people. Right. Which is, and that's another thing is it's so weird that 
D&D got this, like, rep- reputation is probably not the right word. But go to hell. This, uh, I, this idea that it's played by, like, loners, mm-hmm. when, like, you very specifically need friends to play with. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I also, I think part of that resurgence is also due to it appearing in Stranger Things. Yeah, uh, I definitely think quite a few uh, cultural things have brought it to mm-hmm. light. Which I'm, I'm just... Or even, like, skits. Super appreciative. Like, uh, um, Holmes. Uh, freaking, what's his name? Uh, I'm totally spacing it now. Benedict Cumberbatch. No, 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 no. no not, not Sherlock Holmes. I'm, oh. I'm thinking, like, uh, I think his Holmes. name is Jeremy Holmes. Holmes? Or, uh, he's a comedian. Do you know, um... Pete Holmes. There we go. Pete Holmes. He has a bit about D&D that I, fu- I think is really funny. If you haven't seen it, we'll have to watch it after this. It's only like five minutes long. But I well, I remember it. when there was that like whole to-do about Vin Diesel playing Dude, D&D. Yeah. People were like, oh my god, he's secretly a nerd. Like, okay. okay. Like, he's just doing the same fun things that other people are doing. Yeah. Maybe don't be so quick to label. Also, there's nothing wrong with being a nerd. Being a nerd's cool. This is a nerd house. Nerd house. <laughs> nope, nope. I boycott that. <laughs> okay. Um, you have a mat in your bathroom that says our house on a cassette. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Um. But that's my... I was super excited to see She Kills Monsters, so I knew I was going to talk about that. And it just kind of brought up all of these thoughts about women in gaming, especially when it led with, you know, how rare it was. I mean, and since it is set in the 90s, it was a lot more rare back then. To have a female RPG gamer. That that was like saying ATM machine. But RPGer. Yeah. Role-playing game game. Our play our I god damn it. Rocket projectile gun. gun. Role-playing game gamer. <laughs> Role-playing game gamer. RPG. And that's that's my story. That was all over the place, and I apologize for that, but go play DM. No, that was fun. I think that was sometimes you need a good kind of unscripted word tussle. <laughs> and I wanted there to be some, like, discussion in there, and, like, I don't know how to formulate discussion like that. Like, I, I understand what I, you're I, saying. <laughs> I need to have, like, my notes, like, laid out so I can be like, yes, point A, point B, point Q. It's probably hard, though, because you're probably trying to really enjoy the show, and I doubt, like, you wanted to, like, pull out your thing and just jot down the entire time. Yeah, and I I thought I would be... That's I thought like I, I would be scene. able to find a a more in-depth summary and I, I wasn't so shame beyond those like bare bones things I was relying for memory and I know that I fucked it up real bad so if you get a chance to go see it go see it because it's a really creative story nice. and if the you know the troop that puts it together does a good job then you're going to have a very good time nice and that's my story the end special thanks Finn <laughs> and scene shall we uh Speaking of dice, shall we roll for next episode? Let's do it. I'm going to get a critical success. I've already taken the dice out of the package. I have... What these are have? some halfsies dice. Are, Fuck, I'm throwing them It's away. gone. Those halfsies aren't holesies no more. <laughs> they're, they're not the typical halfsies. I got these from the... Fuck, what was it? Like Supernova Kickstarter or something? These ones are cool because... So they're based off of another set of dice I have called Psionic Combat. Where they're half blue and half purple. And these ones are purple on the bottom and blue on the top but then they're clear in the middle so they look real neat 
we did real bad with titles. <laughs> oh shit. It's fine. We'll figure it out. That okay. Oh, that's cocked. Two. Two! Two! True crime. True crime. Two crime. You know, we've done this so often. I don't know why my brain cannot remember what the I... numbers mean. You even give me pictures, and I look at these two, which, by the way, I'm going to be rolling a picture dice because my intelligence is low. Um, you rolled, rolled low. High wisdom. No, not even high wisdom. <laughs> I, my character is not a, a high mental strength. specialist. Not even. It's I have, everything a dumb stat. I, remember, I used to think constitution was your mental fortitude. My I said that in front of my professor in college. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. God. Did I get so much a laugh. It was in front of all my choir friends, though, so it was okay. Um, it didn't kill me. And one of my favorite, like, D&D memes is the one where it's going through the stats, like, strength, wisdom, constitution, but it puts it in context of a tomato. So it's like, strength is being able to throw the tomato. Wisdom uh, is knowing that tomato is a fruit, but not putting it in a, in a salad. Yeah. Or not putting it in, like, jam. Right. Or constitution is being able to eat a bad tomato. Yeah. <laughs> like, charisma was something weird. Yeah, charisma was like how nice the tomato looked. Or, I, think. I, I feel like it had something to do about seducing the tomato, but that could be completely wrong. I don't know. God, bad will save on my part. <laughs> um, he's stalking me. Hey, Kit Kat. For nothing. All right, so I'm rolling my pictures. I knew Ding. it. What'd you get? Out of her. Oh, local. local. Oh, that's cocked. cocked. True crime? Yes. Oh boy. So you had a local true crime and I uh, just have a true crime. Crime, crime, crime. <laughs> Welcome crime to crime time. time. It's like prime time. <laughs> all crime all the time. All crime all um, the time. Um yeah. So thanks for tuning Criminy. in. <laughs> Sorry, I still had more. <laughs> if you've stuck with us this long, thank you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it it uh, mm-hmm. I promise you, it gets worse. <laughs> Lower your expectations. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Come back next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye. Bye! Christ. Can't save you. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA podcast. That's W-T-F-A-Y-T-A, our acronym, podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt. But yeah, so they make uh, those decisions really quickly. As far as things that are really important, like finances, um, previous marriages, kids, religion, apparently those initially don't play a huge part. And maybe it's also because, or like politics, and I'm, the reason I'm thinking that is I don't think that's necessarily true, because I think those are very important things that you need to have. Maybe not initially. But you need to have that, previous marriages? I'm working on it. <laughs> I should not have said that. I, I, that is God. That is God. You mean, oh my God. That. I hope you enjoyed that empty space I left here. I'm going to make sure that that empty space exists. Oh, good lord, if anyone ever heard So is that a Freudian slip? I, you know, it could have been. Who knows? Who knows? You would. I don't have the time. Oh, there's the third flag. (sighs) 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 Okay, I need a couple more seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's just trying to marry me off, man. Even you! Yeah, even me!
Oh, you talked. We were laughing. Or is that just you internalizing we laughing, everyone else trying to marry you off? We were laughing at work because we joked about how like if anyone was to ever be like put into like an arranged or forced marriage, it would probably be me at work. <laughs> that was like sad. Probably. Probably. If there ever was anyone. And it, possibly it's because your mother would shake someone's hand and never let go. <laughs> that was fair. And then you'd be married to them. And she still wouldn't have let go. I've been in that position. I thought I was going to have to stay connected to your mother forever. <laughs> and then your grandma wouldn't let go either. <laughs> well, she's just old. She's just slow to respond. Like, she, she's your mom a... almost shook my arm off. <laughs> she, you know, she was like, I'm going to take this with me. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I, I don't know how to get out of this conversation. I like your arms. I guess you can have them. <laughs> um, fuck. Good lord. Blooper reel, something in the future. Maybe something good for the end of the episode. <laughs> okay. 